Next on BYU Sports Nation, zeroing in on the matchup in Madison. BYU with another opportunity to shine in the ESPN National Spotlight. BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler reveals the Cougars' must-do list for an upset win against 24th-ranked Wisconsin in one of the most storied college football settings in America. Plus, Bronco Mendenhall's unique relationship with Wisconsin head coach Gary Anderson and BYU basketball star Tyler Hawes in studio to preview Friday's season opener. Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. It is Tuesday, November 5th, one day closer to the highly anticipated BYU-Wisconsin late season showdown. I'm Spencer Linton, my BYU Sports Nation brother, Jerem Jordan to my right. Wherever and however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. BYU, winners of five straight games just outside the BCS Top 25 rankings and playing at 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 Mountain on ESPN National this Saturday, or in the words of Jerem, the straight-up mothership. That's right, brother. (laughs) Smells like brother. Uh, Interesting note pointed out on Twitter last night by the radio voice of the Cougars and friend of the program, Greg Rubel. This is the first time that Bronco Mendenhall will have played a team from a BCS conference in November. Making new waves. This is a big game on so many levels, and that just adds another wrinkle to it of the opportunity is there for BYU to make some noise nationally. Last time BYU beat a top 25 team in a true road game, 1997 at Arizona State, the Sun Devils were ranked 13th. BYU won that game 13-10. to Wait, hold on. A top 25 team, you said? Top 25 non-conference team. Non-conference game. Wow. 97. Wow. Here's the dealio. You can listen to BYU Sports Nation every weekday, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on BYURadio.org. The BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network Channel 980. The show on demand every day on the newly launched, very sharp, BYURadio.org. You can also catch the rebroadcast each day, 7 p.m. Eastern, on BYU Radio. That's how you listen, and please join our conversation. We want to hear from you. On any and all social media platforms, send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation. Like and comment on our new Facebook page and vote in our daily poll question at BYUTVSports.com. Okay, I love the debate that's about to happen. At season's end, who will be the highest ranked team? Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Texas, Brigham Young, or Houston? And include uh, where you're at in your tweets if you could. We'd love to know where you're listening to the show. So, what do you think, Spencer? Who, at season's end, who will be the highest ranked team among those? You can, or, or anybody on BYU's schedule. You can make a debate for all five of those teams. Like, a legitimate argument. For me, right now, I think Texas, because of the strength of their schedule and the fact that they're in the Big 12 and they're starting to play really well, they kind of have the upper hand there. The Longhorns... If they win out... We're talking about... Well... We're, we're taking into account all results, wins, losses, all, all that. Yeah. They, How they, do you think they'll fare down the stretch? They have in? a really difficult schedule ahead of them, and they have an opportunity to make waves in the Big 12. They're 5-0 and right now, so BYU's win over Texas looks better and better each week. But the Longhorns, due to the fact that their schedule gets tougher as the season ends, much like BYU's, but they play in the Big 12. So they Oklahoma have, State, Texas Tech, Baylor, in addition to West Virginia this week. Yeah, all, all top 25 teams, the first three anyway. So I, I think Texas has a little bit of an advantage right there, but you can you can certainly make an argument that all five of those teams could be on top of that list. I'm going to go with Los Cougars de BYU. 
If BYU wins out, I think they're the highest ranked teams of all those. That because they would take out Wisconsin and Notre Dame and will have already defeated Texas and Houston. I don't think Texas runs the table through Oklahoma State, Baylor, and Texas. That's Tech. really tough. I think tough. they lose one of those. That's a really tough slate right but there. But if they won all three, that'd be fine. I'm okay with Texas being ranked higher than BYU because just street cred, BYU crushed them, and uh, that would be the best win of the season. The interesting one for me really is Houston. The Cougars play ranked Central Florida this week. They also have Louisville on the schedule. They're 7-1. and one. What if, just what if, Houston runs the table and wins that new conference and finishes the season 11-1 going into a bowl game? Their next two games are at Central Florida, ranked, at Louisville, ranked. It's shaping Go Cougars. Up. Yeah, BYU's schedule gets tougher and tougher as those teams continue to win, and it just makes the Cougars look that much better. Hey, like I said, you can make a strong argument that Wisconsin will be that team if they take care of BYU in Madison this Saturday. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. And what about Wisconsin. You know, anytime you go into a place where it's it's storied, if you will, you know, it's big time college atmosphere. Uh, we're excited to go play, go show what we can do, and uh, you know, give the game our best shot. And it's going to be a physical game. They're a good opponent, and uh, if you can't get excited for that, then uh, get out of here. You know what I mean? I love get out of here. I love the downright honesty and passion that Spencer Hadley, BYU linebacker, uh, really conveyed yesterday during the post-practice session. Look, if you, if you can't get excited about this game, you have no pulse for college football. I thought he summed that up nicely. Yeah, and I don't feel like BYU Sports Nation is crazy pumped for this game because I think there's some excited anticipation in that is a good team. BYU expects to compete in this game. A portion of BYU's fan base expects to win the game. So it's not a hey, we're a mediocre team and have a chance to shock somebody. No, it's BYU is close to playing on the same level as this Wisconsin team and has a good chance in the game. Wisconsin's really good, don't get me wrong. I think by the end, if they can beat BYU, beat a couple other teams, they have a chance to go to the Rose Bowl as an at-large BCS team. Uh I don't, I don't think uh, Ohio State slips up enough to not be the first selection from the Big Ten. But I think Wisconsin's, regardless of this result, is probably the second selection from the Big Ten as an at-large. So they're really good. I want to know what the line is right now. It opened up, at, I think, at 9. Too high. Too high. Which, if BYU's the 27th team in the BCS rankings currently, and, and Wisconsin's, Wisconsin's 24, 24, why are the Badgers a 9-point favorite according to Oddsmaker. So I ought to check into what the current line is right now, but I would imagine as the week progresses, that that may go down to around a touchdown, I would assume. And and you have some injuries for Wisconsin that play into this. Chris Borley, their stud linebacker, who Gary Anderson, who, by the way, will join BYU Sports Nation tomorrow, uh, has said that Chris Borley is the best linebacker in the country and that Kyle Van Noy is also very talented. Oh, Kyle is them also... Is, them is fighting words! ...is also very talented. We'll ask him about that tomorrow. Uh, but also, uh, Jared Abraderis left their stud wide receiver, had a heck of a game at Ohio State earlier this year. He's really good. Uh, he left the Iowa game with a chest injury as well. So they're hoping to have both those guys back. 
Here's the thing. We had Trevor Maddich, ESPN college football expert on BYU Sports Nation yesterday. We have him every Monday. We call it Maddich Monday. And he gives a unique perspective given that he's in Bristol, Connecticut, and he's around the biggest college football stage week in and week out on ESPN's College Game Day radio. In fact, he was just at the Florida State-Miami game. But he obviously has a vested interest in BYU given that he played on the 1984 National Championship team. Uh, that said, it's not like Trevor's drinking the blue Kool-Aid. He, he calls it how he sees it because he is a national mentality when it comes to college football radio. So Trevor, sizing up BYU in Wisconsin, gave a short and sweet answer, but we loved it so much yesterday. We're going to play it for you now. I really like BYU's chances here. Uh, I think it'll be it'll be bloody noses on all sides, but I like their chances. Bloody noses on both sides. And he, he'd go on to say, if you haven't heard this, go to BYURadio.org and, and listen to the full interview with Trevor Maddish from yesterday. But he also referred to the, the big, healthy, uh, corn-fed offensive lineman and defensive lineman that played for Wisconsin as the fatties. <laughs> he said it, not us. <laughs> and he talked about Kyle Van Noy uh, matching up against the Wisconsin fatties. By, by the way, Wisconsin is seven and a half point favorite. Seven and a half point favorite right now. Opened at nine, now seven and a half. So you're essentially saying two scores there. I had an interesting tweet yesterday from one of our BYU Sports Nation followers, and uh, they said, I haven't, I haven't felt this way about a BYU football game since Oklahoma 2009. And I started to think about that, and I, can, I agree with that because it's unique. BYU opened up on the road, well, a de facto road game against Oklahoma in Dallas, so Texas. So confident against a better team on paper? But Is still, that what you're confidence going in, like, we, the Cougars can beat that We can beat that team. I thought BYU had a chance in the game. I feel way better about BYU's chances against Wisconsin this year than I did against Oklahoma. Sam Bradford coming off the Heisman. Well, it's the first they, game of the season, too. Yeah, and BYU's ranked 20th. Don't forget that. BYU is a good team. Uh but I feel much better about this going into Madison than I did going into Dallas it, against Oklahoma. It's just unique because, like you said, Jerem, this is the first BCS conference opponent BYU will play in November. Ever. Since, well, no, since, oh, I think they played uh, Notre Dame in... Oh, that's true. In oh, 04, they may, they may play. They played BCS teams in November before, I believe. Most of the time you're playing in conference. But under Bronco Mendenhall as the head coach. Correct. So when you quantify it that way, it just doesn't happen very often. It's going to happen a lot from here on out, which was, is awesome. Yeah, and it's certainly shaking, uh, shaking out that way with the, the newly announced schedule, California, USC to come in the future, and, and so on and so forth. Bronco Mendenhall absolutely thrives on an opportunity to do something special in Madison this Saturday. Uh, I love the matchup, um, and I love the chance to, to take uh, on another quality team and, and prove kind of where we stand and, and what we're capable of. Bronco Mendenhall on BYU Sports Nation last Friday making his show debut. It was a fantastic interview. And when you look at this Wisconsin matchup, it's an opportunity not only to yeah get some more street cred and to get back into the top 25 rankings, but you have, you have an opportunity to prove to a conference and to uh, a rather stout conference that BYU can play with the big boys consistently. And that's, that's a big deal. This isn't just a one-time thing. If you have wins over Texas, Boise State, Houston, Georgia Tech, and Wisconsin, awesome. do you not, start, do you not start to gather some more of that momentum that 
hey, this this team really is one of the nation's elite programs. And I think that they're starting to get that ball rolling. But uh, a win against Wisconsin, well, you're, you're moving downhill after that. And it's been 20 years since BYU's played a team from the Big Ten. Isn't that crazy? Ohio State in 1993. Yeah. It's been 20 years. And we should mention that BYU will play Wisconsin in the future. I forgot those dates. I'll look them up. But th- this is going to be uh, Wisconsin's going to come to Provo again. So that'll be fun. A game BYU should have won in 1993, by the way, against Ohio State, an unmotivated Ohio State team. The Big Ten and an independent shaping up for a great game this Saturday. Topic two Getting healthy. We were kind of holding together by a thread, and we've had a little extra time for. For regeneration and recovery, we've got an early start on our opponent. I think it came at a great time. I think we used it appropriately, and especially going against a big and physical and tough team. That's another portion of our Friday exclusive interview with Bronco Mendenhall right here on BYU Sports Nation. Bronco's attitude towards this bye week is in stark contrast to the attitude he had after Texas and then going into the bye week before Utah. It's a totally different scenario. Like they wanted to keep playing after that steamrolling effort against the Longhorns. Right now, I, I think 99% of that BYU football team, maybe all of them, were like, oh, yes, rest. Yeah, and the first time it was BYU's 1-1, one one, pulled this Jekyll and Hyde with Virginia and Texas. Didn't know what to think of BYU. Through eight games, you know who you are. It's two-thirds of the season. You know who you are. And BYU has figured that out. The good thing is Daniel Sorensen... At Wisconsin, if you don't have him, not good. But because there's a bye week, he's back. Bronco Mendenhall last night said he has he's at full speed and has no problems. Terrence Aletto is back uh, at center. I don't know that he's going to start, though, because in the game notes, he's not listed in the two deep. So It's, it's another have, body, though. It's yeah, another body it's on another the offensive, offensive line. It's another offensive lineman. With experience. Right. And then, uh, of course, uh, replacing the injured J.D. Falslev and Austin Jorgensen. Yeah, and that... that is an issue that we asked Bronco about last Friday. How do you replace a guy like J.D. who does so much for the team? There's two candidates, and and both guys are are similar in terms of really being able to be trusted. Skyler Ridley and Cody Hoffman um, will be J.D.'s replacements at punt return. I'm not sure which one we'll, we'll use yet. We might end up using both. Here's the thing. I don't think Bronco is trying to replace J.D.'s big play capability as much as he's just trying to replace the shore hands. And Skyler and Cody will both give you that. Those guys will catch the ball and not turn it over. And I, th- I think that is priority number one. Look, let's just catch the ball. If we can get a few positive yards, great. But let's, let's just not turn the ball over. And as a receiver, J.D. has taken a step back this year. Just hasn't been as much of an option for whatever reason. So Eric Thornton, uh, who saw some time earlier in the year, he'll step into that receiver spot. But in terms of punt return, it does make you a little bit nervous because Ridley and Hoffman are shorthanded, but a punt return is so different compared to a kick return. And field position will play a huge factor, in my opinion, against Wisconsin. BYU's got to score and score touchdowns when they can. And so those those 10 or 20 or sometimes 30 extra yards that a punt return hitting the field versus catching in the air makes will be big. J.D. Falslov will return in three to four weeks after that broken hand. Not the case for linebacker Austin Jorgensen, who's having career-ending or season-ending knee surgery right, uh, in just uh, a few weeks. At the linebacker spots, we've had basically uh, a four-player rotation happening. So we have Juan Iunga, as everyone, everybody knows, Tyler Beck and Manoa Pakula, and then Austin Jorgensen. And 
and Austin was doing a, a, just a fantastic job. So really, it will now be three players for those two spots, Wani, Tyler, and Manoa. And then we'll elevate Teyu Kautai, a younger linebacker. He'll be the fourth. Here's the good thing about that. Austin is a great player and a warrior on the field. Tough to see him go. Glad that he got to be a significant contributor through at least eight games. But BYU definitely still has depth at linebacker, and that's big for the Cougars moving forward. Topic three. Why can't we be friends? Listen to this. Bronco Mendenhall, going back to his initial relationship with Gary Anderson when he was at Utah, it wasn't great. The red and blue, it's tough to have positive relationships between the Utes and the Cougars. But when Gary went to Utah State, it started to change. And now that he's at Wisconsin, well, dare I say they're friends? Oh, it's been really, it was really good. As soon as he left uh, the U, it changed. And he was much more open and normal, actually, in terms of public relations and our friendship. And then we recruited his son, um, which that was a great relationship. So we've gotten to know each other well. And I think there's mutual respect and admiration. It just took him changing schools. Gary Anderson is a good guy. I met him at the Rose Bowl uh, in January covering uh, the Wisconsin uh, Stanford Rose Bowl game, and he wasn't the coach officially yet, but he was still there to watch Wisconsin. He was watching uh, the interim coach, Bear, uh, Barry Alvarez, Alvarez. Thank you, Barry Alvarez. Switzer! To uh, coach his team. It, it turned out to be a pretty good game, but Gary, uh, really down to earth guy, and I can see why my Bronco. Now, now likes him, but take away the Utah BYU factor, and uh, you're al- you're allowed to be cordial. Yeah, and he he went to Rick's, you know, back in the day, and so he's he's got ties to what BYU does, kind of thing. So G- Gary Anderson, interesting enough, uh, Bronco Mendenhall talked about this as well, where uh, BYU signed his son, Chasen Anderson, who uh, led the state of Utah in tackles, and then Chasen came to BYU in August. Uh, and then decided that uh, you know BYU wasn't going to be the spot, so he decided to leave, and Bronco allowed that, didn't make him sit out a year or anything like that. So I believe that Chasen is a walk-on at Wisconsin. But those guys are friends, and so that's fun. Which, by the way, BYU will play Wisconsin in Provo in 2017 and then go back to Madison in 2018. It's a long-lasting relationship between Gary Anderson and Bronco Mendenhall. Cool to see the respect there. Very quickly to Twitter. Uh, this coming in. Who will be the highest-ranked team that BYU plays on their schedule, including BYU, after this season? And at Lasersheep says, I have to go Wisconsin, but if BYU can pull it off Saturday, it will be the Cougs. Hashtag take out the Badgers. At Brian Nebaker, BYU, of course, with our D and O firing on all cylinders, it's going to be hard to beat us. Hashtag go Cougars. And on Facebook, Russell Alley. Well, if BYU beats Notre Dame and Wisconsin and finish the season with no more losses, I'm going to say the Cougs will get in the top 20. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, we talk to BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler, his must-do and must-do-not list for the Cougars to escape Madison with a win. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. Also, like and comment on our new Facebook page. Who has more followers, you or BYU Sports Nation? And is there a contest? (laughs) I I believe it's me by nine right now. Ooh! Hey, follow both, you know? BYU Sports Nation has audio on demand as well now on the new BYURadio.org. Looks nice. Listen uh, to the, li- the live show as well as on demand. 
Show's live every day at noon Eastern and rebroadcast at 7 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. Back to Twitter for our daily question, and that is, at season's end, who will be the highest-ranked team, all of these teams on BYU schedule or BYU themselves? And we go to Jamal Williams' mom, at Nicole, UCLA Grad 90, BYU! Exclamation mark. Nice. At Joe Scoresby. If BYU wins out, I hope. That's what he said. They'll be ranked <laughs> above everybody they beat, about number 13. Ah, Enjoy listening from Northern Virginia. Ah. Tomorrow, we're going to engage in conversation as to whether BYU can get into the top 14. The top 14 meaning BCS at-large eligible. If right. BYU wins out, can they get into the top 14? I Will they be could, ranked high enough? I wish we could do it right now, but we just don't have enough time. We don't have time for this. We had a lively discussion pre-show about this. We we're do saving have, it for tomorrow. We do have time... I wish we'd do it now, man. We do have time for Blaine Fowler. Little known fact about Blaine Fowler is that he, not only did he take meaningful snaps in BYU's national championship win against Michigan in 1984 at the quarterback position, but he's a huge Dr. Seuss fan and has memorized a ton of passages, recites them upon request. And with that intro, we bring Blaine and give us an example of your vast Seussical knowledge and why, Blaine. Well... These little pets are called the Zeds. They have one hair up on their heads. Their hair grows fast so fast they say they need a haircut every day. <laughs> That's tremendous. And see, no, get, let's just get warmed up. No too. one when breaks I was down Dr. Going, Seuss. When okay. I was getting going in the broadcasting business, you know, before people go, ma, 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 me, 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 you know, and do all this warm up. How I'm now, like, brown cow? Yeah. I'd go, you know what? To get my mouth warmed up, I'm just going to start memorizing Dr. Seuss stuff because I love it. <laughs> I love to read it to my kids. And so so I just started to memorize Dr. Seuss books, and that's what I would use for my warm-up before I go on games. I still do it. So That's yeah. impressive, my friend. We, yeah, oh, we, may, we may revisit that one again during this interview. Yeah, at our house, we open cans. We have to open many cans, and that is why we have a Zans. A Zans for cans is very good. If you a Zans for cans, you should. <laughs> I just quote Anchorman. <laughs> Unique New York. The human torch is denied a bank loan. <laughs> Compelling and rich. That squirrel can water ski. <laughs> Good oh stuff. My. Have we okay. started this interview yet? Yeah. Oh, oh, we're rolling? Oh. Blaine Fowler joining BYU Sports Nation, and uh, we're off to a great start. Blaine, if uh, BYU-Wisconsin had a book title, Dr. Seuss or not, what do you think it would be? Ooh. Ooh. It would be, it would be the, the tale of stopping the giant. Okay. Mm. And 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 so BYU has has got to take a lesson from TCU in the Rose Bowl a couple years ago. And I don't know if you guys remember that game, but but TCU started out, and for some reason they think they thought they needed to take the giant on head on. And Wisconsin was big and physical, and they were just going to run it at TCU. And TCU played pretty basic defense. They, their defensive lineman tried to play some two gap, just hold the line, and play pretty basic. And about midway through the second quarter, when they were just getting run over, Gary Patterson made a, a strategic change. And he said, why are we doing this? We can outquick the Giant. You know, we have more nimble people on defense, and we need to blitz and come at angles and do those kinds of things. And once TCU made that strategic change in that game, they gave Wisconsin fits. They're making plays in the backfield. Wisconsin wasn't getting seven yards of carry anymore. I think BYU needs to look at that tape. Now, this is a different coaching staff, but the same kind of player that Wisconsin has. They're physical. They want to run downhill at you. They rotate running back so they can have a fresh set of legs to just run between the tackles at you. BYU needs to be very, very aggressive against the Giant. They they need to blitz early. They need to hit the gaps. They They hopefully have come up with some creative ways to attack them during this bye week. 
And they have to be willing to risk giving up a big play or two. Because I think for BYU to beat Wisconsin, if they can get in a big play contest, I think BYU has a capability to make more big plays than Wisconsin does. If they get in a contest where Wisconsin's going 12, 13, 15, 17 plays and keeping the ball for seven or eight minutes at a time, that is the game that Wisconsin wants to play. So so they need to they don't need to try to punch the giant in the face. They need to trick the giant. And they need to go in the gaps. They need to blitz, do all those kinds of things, and they may give up a big play or two. And that's okay. Because I think BYU will get some big plays against Wisconsin's defense as good as it is. How much has Gary Anderson changed anything with Wisconsin? He defensively they're a little bit different. That you, you see a lot of Utah's old defense and Utah State's defense in them, but offensively it's very much the same what Wisconsin's done over time. So they're a little more aggressive defensively than traditional Wisconsin has been. They dial up more blitzes, they play a little bit more man. But they're still the same type of athlete. And Gary's a smart enough coach to know that you don't go in and say, Hey, I'm gonna run the spread with these guys. Because that's not that's not the kind of they athlete they have the in the spread. program. Right. And so what you do is you say, what kind of athletes do we consistently recruit at this university? We get big, humongous, physical, offensive and defensive linemen. We get great linebackers. We get tailbacks that are big and run downhill. We get quarterbacks that manage games. So he hasn't changed that much because he's smart enough to stay with what has been successful there. This He didn't take over a struggling program. He took over a program that's been to a lot of Rose Bowls in recent years. Those big running backs, Ron Dane, Monte Ball, now James White. Wisconsin is one of two FBS programs that is averaging two rushers of over 100 yards per game. Can you name the other? Uh, BYU. That is correct. And it's a quarterback. So they're the only one with a running back combination. Exactly. And they both don't start. So so it's it's not like there's... They're got, they've got two. I mean, they rotate those guys in. Sometimes they're in the same backfield together, but there's a lot of times that one's resting on the sideline, waiting for the next series to come back out with a fresh set of legs and just keep coming after you. How awesome is that? Yeah, and and so you know, so they've got the, the the old veteran James White, who's a senior. This is a guy that was a freshman All American. He had a thousand yards rushing his freshman year, and he's been consistent. He had a thousand his freshman year. He had seven hundred thirteen as a sophomore. He had eight hundred and six as a junior, and 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 here he is with eight hundred and four again this year already. And then here comes the youngster Melvin Gordon, the redshirt sophomore. He's six one two oh seven. He's a thumper. He'll come inside and smack you. He's already got a thousand yards. He's a thousand seventy four already this season, averaging eight point seven yards a carry. So they relentlessly run it at you, and, and it's a team that that is that's averaging just under three hundred yards a game rushing. You know they're number eighteen in, or number eight in the country in rush offense, and so th- this is a team that sets up the pass with the run. And if you can be quick and get to the gaps and force them into third and longs and make them be a passing team, now you've got them where you want them. And even though they throw for 208 yards a game, that's not their comfort game. They throw it, play action, off the run. If they have to throw it to survive, they're not as effective. And that's what BYU needs to do. They need to force them to be a throwing team and force Stavi to be the guy, the quarterback, Joel Stavi, that, that beats them. Not let the running backs beat him, make the quarterback beat you. And that would be a formula for success against Wisconsin. Your 1984 national championship teammate Trevor, uh, Trevor Maddich joined BYU Sports Nation for a Maddich Monday. And he said, look... 
there are two things that BYU has to do if they want to sneak out of Wisconsin with a win. And that is one, stop the run, which you've talked a lot about. And then you said complete vertical passes. That would go along with what you said, get into a big play competition. And if BYU does that, why do you feel like they can outman Wisconsin specifically in that big play vertical passing category? Because BYU is more diverse in their in their big play ability. So they have more weapons. They, Mitch Matthews is capable of making a big play. You know, They lose J.D. Falslove, who can make people miss and make big plays in special teams. But he's not a real vertical guy anyhow. Ross, um, you know, Oppo is a guy that we just saw made some big plays in the last game. Cody Hoffman, certainly, if you get him isolated one-on-one, he can make big plays. And and we see the arm strength that Taysom Hill has. And it's not just big plays in the passing game. Taysom Hill's capable of getting a 60-yard run if somebody makes an assignment error in the run game. Or scrambling and picking up a 40-yard gain and put you in position to score. And so I just think they have, you know, Stavi's not a big play guy. He's a game manager at quarterback. You know, they they have um, Abraderis, you know, the wide receiver who had an injury in the last game. So we really don't know Left what the game with the chest. We injury. don't know what his status is going to be, but he's their big time go to guy. I mean, he's like Cody Hoffman, but but they don't have uh, three or four other guys that can big big play, big play guys. They really rely on him to be the big play guy, and they don't find themselves in third and long very often. They run the ball so effectively on first and second down that they get a lot of third and shorts. And so I just think BYU has more players that are capable of making big plays than Wisconsin does. Wisconsin certainly has the ability to just grind you to death, and that's what you can't let happen. You can't let them be on the field just over and over and over again, five, six, seven yards of carry with your offense sitting on the sideline. And you know, for Wisconsin, that's the formula to beat BYU. Wear them put, down. Put that fast-paced offense on the sideline and just grind their defense into the ground. And, and I, I like the matchup. I think this is the type of team that BYU plays well against. I'd rather have them play a Wisconsin than Arizona State that Utah's playing this week that spreads it out and throws it all over the place. Uh, and so, so I like BYU's chances, but number one, they have got to stop the run. Number one. This reminds me of the Notre Dame game last year where in the second half, Tommy Reese threw three passes or something. And Notre Dame just ran at BYU, and BYU couldn't stop them in a close game. Uh, but uh, BYU's defense appears uh, up to the task. Now, that's that's the real question. Does BYU Blaine have to do, like you said, TCU disguise the angles and with speed and whatnot? Or can they load up the box and hope that the corners can cover? I'm not sure that the corners can cover. They have to take that chance. So, so they're they are going to have to put eight people in the box a lot of times, or, or bring them from. The good news with BYU is they have such good speed that they can take those outside backers, Alani Fua and and uh, Kyle Van Noy, and they can come on blitzes from normal alignment and still hurt you. Some some teams aren't don't have that kind of speed on the edges where they have to bring them up right on the line of scrimmage for them to be effective with a blitz. Now those two guys, they can come from a normal alignment where they look like they're they're set in a normal front and bring them off the edge and still get to the quarterback or still get to the runner, still run down the runner from the backside. So they have that luxury, but I think they're going to have to play with a lot of eight eight man boxes and with a lot of blitz package if they're going to slow this run game down. And they're just going to have to trust those corners that they can make plays or that they're going to smack the quarterback before they make plays. Now they may get a big play or two. There you and, go. And that's okay. Wisconsin that's 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 okay if they get a big player too, because that's better than having them grind you with a 16 play drive and score. I, I I think they'd be better off giving up a couple of touchdowns on big plays and completely shutting down the run 
because I think that allows BYU's offense to get some momentum beyond the field more and and have a flow. And I and I think this BYU offense right now is far superior to the BYU offense that was on the field against Notre Dame last year in, in South Bend. Yeah. It's, it's worth noting that that goes against Bronco Mendenhall's main mantra of keep everything in front, don't allow big plays. And so if BYU does give up a couple of big plays to go with that extra blitz, that, that'd that be something different. That'd be a change for BYU, but uh, it could pay huge dividends. Now let's talk about the environment. Madison, Wisconsin, voted by Sports Illustrated a few years ago as the number one college football environment in America, beating out the likes of Tuscaloosa and Alabama and South Bend and Notre Dame. What makes Madison so special, Blaine? Well, the, their student section is as good as you've ever seen. 80,000 fans, not just the student section, but 80,000, and they're all clad in red. That place is a sea of red. It's a tight environment, so they feel like they're on top of you. And they've got a lot of traditions. You know, they play that uh, jump song, and they yeah. jump, I, jump, I've been, jump. I've been really nervous the times I've been there. Um, the, the students jumping up and down, the bleachers actually start to rock. <laughs> wow. I'm thinking at some point this thing's going to collapse, and I don't want to be here when it happens. But it, it, it is an intimidating environment. You walk into that sea of red, and it, it is one of the great college environments. Now, to me, if you're an opponent playing there, you've got to thrive on that. You've got to love that. You're, ne- you're never going to play in a more hostile environment. You've got to feed off of that negative energy and make plays. They they make it very difficult for your offense to hear um, when you're on offense, and and they're real good about being quiet for their offense when your defense is out there. So they're they're educated enough to make it miserable for you and hard to hear the signals. But BYU does a lot of stuff on site, lift the leg. They're in shotgun all the time, so uh, so it shouldn't be a problem for BYU. Now, having said that, remember, BYU's had some problems with false starts on the offensive line, especially in the red zone. I'm hoping they've worked with loud noise in the field, you know, in in the um, student-athlete building, facility, yeah. and, and drilled these guys, because this is a good, a very good football team. When you have scoring opportunities and you're in the red zone, we call it the blue zone, of course, on BYU TV, you can't squander opportunities. You need touchdowns when you get down there, and false starts turn touchdowns into field goals or no-point opportunities. And to me, that's a very important thing. And, and I know they've worked on that this last two weeks, but they've got to be so disciplined in this environment. What a matchup. ESPN National Audience for Wisconsin and BYU. 3.30 Eastern kick time, 1.30 Eastern mountain time. And you can hear more of Blaine Fowler on BYU's countdown to kickoff starting an hour before the game, 12.30 mountain right here on BYU TV. He will be in Madison soaking up that environment. Camp Randall, but we won't be camping. We'll just be on the field. I suddenly have a craving for s'mores or a brat or any food in general right now. Up next, BYU basketball standout, avid golfer and lip syncer Tyler Hawes. Friday's basketball tip-off on topic. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Welcome back, sports friends, to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in the BYU Broadcast Facility. Jerem loosening up the muscles right now. Hanging out. Getting ready for the uh, final 21 minutes of the show. Well, I pick up basketball at noon in the Richards building. (laughs) Never too early to start warming up. We've got you covered for BYU at Wisconsin Saturday afternoon. Pre-game coverage on BYU Radio starts at 1.30 Eastern. Countdown to kickoff on BYU TV starts at 2.30 Eastern if you like the moving pictures. The game on BYU Radio and ESPN. 
Both BYU Radio and BYU TV will have extensive live post-game coverage. You should have said it like uh, Rachel Nichols. ESPN. ESPN. By the way, if you'd like to participate, if you're local, uh, in the studio audience, uh, the we have, I guess they're not sold, but we have filled all the seats. However, show up. We'll have a seat for you. Tomorrow. It's that, it's you that can watch, simple, right? You can get on TV, watch the game on a 27-foot screen in HD, and have free pizza at halftime, courtesy of Pizza Pie Cafe. It is awesome. Just show up at the broadcasting booth. So, some news of interest uh, out of Austin, Texas today. The Longhorns have just announced their 2014 schedule officially. Yes, September 6th. And we already knew this, but it's just more official, I guess. I guess. Can you be more I, official? I, I don't know. September 6th, week two for BYU, a home game against the Texas – or sorry, a home game for Texas in Austin against BYU. Man. BYU will open up the season at Connecticut and then go at Texas. The Connecticut game, Connecticut's 0-7 right now. So Bring on the Huskies. They've got some work to do uh, in Hartford. But that Texas game, you think the Longhorns aren't going to be licking their chops for an opportunity to send a message back to BYU? If there was one game that Texas replays in the weight room... During the summer, <laughs> you know it's the BYU game. And you know... Taysom Hill Taysom Hill is a legend in Austin. You remember Carter Blackburn two yes. weeks ago, prior to the Boise State game? Yes. He said that in the newspaper... He lives in Austin. He said that in the newspaper, this ESPN play by Just a week ago. Taysom Hill's name was mentioned three times. <laughs> and it had been months. Two months. It's, it's late October, and they played in early September, and his name is still... Uh, being mentioned on a, a regular basis in Austin. That is fantastic. Hey, you can follow our next guest on Twitter at TyHaws3. That's right, Tyler Hawes in studio on BYU Sports Nation. Tyler, welcome to the show. Very simply, how are you doing, man? Things are going great. Yeah, it's good to be here. Managing school and basketball as you approach the season? Yeah, trying to. Trying to keep my head above water, you know? Okay, Weber State on Friday. Uh, now it really counts, coming out the game against Alaska Anchorage. And I know a lot of uh, different rotations go into play during those exhibition games, and so it's it's hard to kind of get a feel. But do you feel like you've worked out enough of the kinks to be ready to go for Weber on Friday? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, we've had a couple months of practice now and uh, two exhibition games, and uh, I, I feel really comfortable with where our team's at right now, and uh, I'm excited for this Friday. What did you work on over the summer to get better? Uh, a bunch of stuff. Um, you know, I, I set a goal. I want to be better defensively, um, and so uh, we'll, I guess time will tell on, on how I do there. Uh, but I worked really hard on my three-point shot, trying to increase my range and um, just little junk shots in the lane, uh, kind of off-balance floaters and things I, I, I worked hard at. So, Who would you base your junk shot shooting off of? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Dirk Nowitzki gets his little leg in the air. Dirk Nowitzki. He's a good junk shooter. He is a good junk shooter. Uh, Manna Ginobili. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tony yeah. Parker. Just has don't all flop sorts of like junk. those guys, okay? Right. Just don't do that part of it. <laughs> the shooting part I'm fine with. Tyler Hodge joining BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. And Tyler, you had one of those, I don't even want to call it a junk shot. It was beautiful on Saturday against Alaska Anchorage where you used your body to kind of shield off the defender and then you did a little flip. It was almost Jimmer-esque. You remember the play I'm talking yeah. about? How how hard is it to to finish at the rim like that when you're dealing with that much contact? Um you know, it is it is difficult, uh, but uh, when you're at when you've done it a bunch and you've been in those situations before, it uh, it kind of just happens, and it's it's fun when you get fouled and and it goes in. So, 
the swag the swag goes into effect <laughs> absolutely and on that one particularly you got excited and screamed i like that a lot <laughs> emotion is good it's been a couple months since you participated in the university world games what's kind of been the fallout from that experience now that it's been a little bit um a, a few different things um you know I, I don't think you can get that experience any day you know being around those type of players and and those coaches uh, i i feel like i I grew a lot personally and, and saw different ways of uh, leading a group of guys and um, saw, saw lots of good things and some things that, you know, I might not do. Um, <laughs> but uh, I feel like I'm a better person and a better basketball player for, for going there. Best off-the-court story from Russia. Best off-the-court story. Um, I see you and Doug McDermott tweeting at each other. Did you guys have a good time over there in Russia? We did have a good time, yeah. Doug's a good guy. Um, you know, I... I I try and keep in close contact with a lot of those guys. Um, but, you know, those guys, they, they couldn't believe that I had never had alcohol before. <laughs> and so I, I'd tell them that, you know, we'd have five-hour energy parties or Red Bull parties. And <laughs> Man, they, that they, is they wild. Thought, that is so crazy. Funny. <laughs> okay, was it, was it during a five-hour energy party that the idea to lip-sync Chicago and Peter Cetera came up? <laughs> probably. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> You really sold that well. How much production went into that? Uh, those lip sync videos. And if you haven't seen them, just YouTube Tyler Hawes Chicago lip sync, and I'm sure it'll come up. But where, where did that idea start, and then how much production went into that? Uh, you know, we have to get, you give a lot of credit to the marketing department uh, for that stuff. Uh, they they came up with the idea, and uh, we started bouncing some ideas around on on which songs to sing. And they they brought up <laughs> Chicago, and I like Chicago. I like '80s <laughs> love songs. Love so it. I, love it. It's like yeah. I'll do that. <laughs> are you are you involved in another one later? Uh, I'm involved in a bunch. So the one where you're the primary singer again? Um, there, I, I have one where I'm rapping. Oh, so oh, oh snap, yeah, brother! We'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Straight out of Alpine. <laughs> Straight out of A Town. <laughs> What's the zip code in Alpine? Four three five or eight zero one? It's eight zero one. Okay, it's eight zero one. It's the eight zero one. Oh, that's fantastic. We look forward to that. Yeah, so you you guys have shown that you have a ton of personality, and uh, do do you think that that comes out on the court somehow? Uh, for sure, no. The, I think the way you interact with your teammates off the court has a has a big effect on the court, um, and and just your chemistry and uh, uh, the way you compete against another team. And so this group, it's it's a fun group to be around, you know, in the locker room and. Um, it's study hall, and we just have a good time together. And so, uh, hopefully, that'll you know uh, translate onto the court. Tyler, you're a very, for as good a player you are, you seem like a really humble kid. How do you handle the BYU celebrity along with just trying to be a student and, and be a, a normal guy? Um, you know, I think BYU is a very unique place in that there's people from all over the country and all over the world. And so, you know, I don't, I don't view myself above or below anyone and uh, you know you meet new people all the time here at BYU and so that that kind of keeps me grounded and um, uh, yeah I think that's that's it okay another guy that uh, deals with this around town is Taysom Hill the quarterback right. what's the relationship between the basketball team and guys on the, on the football team uh, there, there's a pretty good relationship you know I, I wouldn't say we hang out all the time but you know when we see each other we we say what up and talk about the game and things that are going on and so I you know I, I'm excited for the football team they uh, they got a big game coming up th- this week and 
Uh, it seems like they've hit their stride a little bit, and they're they're playing really well right now. So, who's the best basketball player on the BYU football team? Oh, I you know I've seen Mitch Matthews uh, play a little bit. I can jump. Dude can jump. Co- Cody seems to tweet about basketball during the summer that he plays a lot. <laughs> yeah, Cody Cody will come out and play, and he he's athletic and can shoot and. Um, but I, I may I may pick Mitch if if they were to go at it one on one. And 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 the other side, who's the best football player on the BYU basketball team? Oh, I, I, I know Luke Worthington's the state champ O lineman, but it's O line, you know. <laughs> he yeah, he's offensive line. I don't know if we can count that. Uh, I played football in high school. I loved football. I might I might go with me. What? <laughs> when, when did you stop playing football? Uh, my sophomore year in high school was actually my last year. Bronco Mendenhall on line two for Tyler Haas. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bronco Mendenhall. The trade for Bronson Kafusi last year is Tyler Haas at wide receiver next year. I'd what position that. did you play? I played wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. And I played defensive end. Uh, you know, in middle school and stuff. I lo- I loved hitting people, but then I just. You switched to offense and played wider. Tyler Haas, the defensive end, joining BYU Sports Nation right now with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Weber State on Friday, a very capable team. Uh, they kind of got put on the map with Damian Lillard a couple of years ago. He's excelled with the Portland Trailblazers. And so that's a program that has gained enough national respect with their tournament success uh, and, and whatnot. But what do you know about the Wildcats uh, as you approach this season? Um, you know, well, last year they gave us uh, a really good game. Uh, I think they have the majority of their guys back. Uh, they have a really good uh, guard line up front. And then um, they got some big athletic guys inside. And so uh, we'll, we'll have to be ready to go. And uh, But I, I think our guys are ready for the challenge and uh, excited to, to get going. I gave you one assignment, Tyler. I don't care how you do it. But Eric Mika knocked off the audio mics on our BYU TV broadcast on Saturday night with a dunk. And I challenge you at some point this season to knock the audio mics off the basketball. Can you handle that? All right. Okay. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Tyler Hodge on BYU Sports Nation. Thanks for the time, man. Thanks, Spencer. Coming up, the Cougar Whip Around. Which BYU player was just named the West Coast Conference Player of the Month? Also today is Rise and Shout. And some more of your tweets. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whiparound. Men's basketball. Cougars open the regular season with Weber State Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. National Signing Day, by the way, is next Wednesday. Could be a huge one. Women's basketball. The Cougar season opener Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern time against South Dakota State on BYU TV and BYU Radio. You're going to want to check out Jennifer Hampson. Women's volleyball. 21st ranked BYU has five regular season matches left, including a pair of games in the Bay Area this weekend with San Francisco and Santa Clara. Soccer. The 20th ranked women's soccer team finishes the regular season this week by hosting Pacific and St. Mary's. Now here's the thing. If Portland beats Santa Clara this week, BYU wins out. Then the Cougars finish in a three-way tie for the conference title, the NCAA Tournament Selection Show, Monday, 4.30 Eastern on NCAA.com. Erica Owens, by the way, named the West Coast Conference Player of the Month 20 minutes ago. Five straight shutouts for Erica. I have that in my notes as remarkable. 
Cross country. Jason Witt today named National Athlete of the Week by the, this oh. is a mouthful, United States Track and Field Cross Country Coaches Association. <laughs> After winning the West Coast Conference Cross Country Championship on Saturday. Congratulations, Jason Witt. Can you say that like twice fast in a row? I'm not going to try. United States Track and Field Cross Country Coaches Association. Ooh, that, that was good one. That was right? one. Okay. Not that anybody understood that out there. Who cares? Tomorrow, Wisconsin <laughs> head football coach Gary Anderson joins us live. And uh, Weber State head coach Randy Ray, as well as Greg Rubel, Radio Voice of the Cougars. That's coming up on Thursday. So good stuff. For, uh, an exciting weekend, and we'll get you ready for that. By the way, uh, saw a tweet that uh, was quite informative a moment ago. At uh, BYU All Blue. This may have been mentioned, but Wisconsin outside linebacker Vince Beagle is LDS. He's a he's a redshirt freshman backup linebacker. And why is that prominent? His father, Rocky, yeah. played linebacker at BYU from 88 to 92. Rocky Beagle. How's that's, that a, that's a linebacker's name, How's baby. How's that for a football name? Dick Butkus and Rocky Beagle. Rocky Beagle. Son playing for Wisconsin. All right, so uh, perhaps some some lines drawn in the sand there inside the Beagle family. I'm, I'm sure he's rooting for Wisconsin, but still. You know, you want to see the Cougars perform well. Uh, this this tweet has nothing to do with our Twitter question today, and, and that is which team will be the highest ranked on BYU's schedule, including BYU at the end, at season's end. Uh, this goes back to our comment on the UConn game to open the season in 2014, and it comes to us from at KM Jensen. The UConn game sounds almost as much of a guaranteed W as was Virginia this year. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! That just hurts. That does hurt. Let's get to the final poll that results on that question. At season's end, who will be the highest ranked team? Uh, BYU overwhelmingly wins 62%. We set the line at 68.5% prior to the show. So it was under. The right. next, next closest team in that poll, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Yes. Yes! Then Texas, then Houston, then Notre Dame. What what is Wisconsin's current percentage? Out 23. Of curiosity? 23. So BYU at 62, Wisconsin the next closest at 23. Okay, it's BYU-centric, so yeah, we, we get that. But are you surprised that it was under 68? Yes. Okay. It's, I'm, I'm telling you. That's why I set the line. It's 68 and a half. That's a, don't you think you're a little too high right there? Whatever. Uh, check out our Twitter account, at BYU Sports Nation. Uh, we have more classic lip syncs that we have just tweeted out from the BYU men's basketball team, the Tyler Haas one we sent out just a few minutes ago. And <laughs> I told Tyler in the interview today that uh, not only not only was it funny, but he sold it. And that's hard to do. Yes, you've got you got to go somewhere where you no, don't normally go, especially sometimes athletes you know, are, uh, need to be pushed a little bit there. But this basketball team is so fun. I'm really excited for Friday and Saturday for that matter. Men's Hoops starts the season against Weber State, who's, who uh, BYU's dominated in Provo, I think, 19-0 all-time. But it's a quality program. Damian Lillard, he's got street cred in the NBA. NBA Rookie of the Year last year came out of Weber State. BYU shut him down, by the way, when he played here two years ago as, as a, what was he, a junior? Yeah, he, did, he didn't, I think he's, I don't even think he scored 20 points. He did not. So how about that? BYU basketball tips off. Very quickly recapping today's top headlines. Erica Owens, BYU's goalie, just named the West Coast Conference Player of the Month. Five straight shutouts for a really, really solid player and accomplished 
piano player as well. Blaine Fowler says the number one key to BYU beating Wisconsin is one stopping the run, or they will grind you into the ground. And he had a good angle on that because stopping the run, well, yeah, no duh. It's he said against uh, Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl, TCU did something that BYU might be able to do, which is try to go man up. Yep, man, uh, man up, blitz at unique times, take angles, don't try and take guys head on. I thought that was good. So the speed factor will definitely be involved uh, in the BYU game. Can BYU exploit their speed uh, speed advantage on the outside, especially with the linebacker position with Kyle Van Noy and Alani Fua? Yeah, uh, it'll be it'll be uh, an interesting matchup of two different kind of tempos. And Bronco Mendenhall said we don't expect to run the same amount of plays as we normally do. So BYU's going to have to make more with those plays. Gary Anderson, Bronco Mendenhall, a couple of friends matching up. On the sidelines in Madison, Wisconsin this Saturday. Good stuff. Big thanks to our guests, Blaine Fowler, Tyler Haas, and everyone on our crew. Producer Ben Bagley, Senior Coordinating Producer Michael Miner, Station Manager Don Schline, Production Assistants Alan Miller and Spencer King, and our engineer, Aaron Evans. Check out our new BYU Sports Nation Facebook page for show links and much more. Like and comment at your heart's content. You can also listen to episodes of the show on demand at the newly launched BYURadio.org for Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton, and you have just listened to BYU Sports Nation.